December 18th. A traffic violation. Ms. Angela Brackett, a traffic warden whom regulations and deep personal pettiness compelled to issue a ticket to the Rotary Club sleigh stopped outside the scout hut, found impaled on the antlers of the lead reindeer. Did you know only female reindeer have antlers? This means all of Santa's reindeer are women, doing all the work while a man gets the credit. Dead Vent Calendar, a merry murder mystery in 24 crimes. Written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. I was perhaps not entirely myself when I returned to Bulliver Toys the next day. It is possibly not what any sensible person might have suggested for the day after your best friend has been murdered, wandering into somebody else's business to play at being a detective, but then I was a sensible person and I wasn't listening to myself. I certainly don't think I behaved like myself. I suppose I was in shock still. I was numb, stupefied, barely aware of other people, lost inside my own head. A lot more like Shiloh, really. The same woman was on the reception, but this time she was accompanied by a middle-aged man who loomed over her like a vulture examining a buffalo that it thought was possibly looking a bit peaky. And make sure they're proper biscuits, he was saying as I came in. None of your foxes assortment. Go to Marks and Spencer and the cafetiere for the coffee, not instant. I think the ladies in design have it, said the woman. Well, go and get it from them then said the man. Come on, jump to it. They'll be here in a minute. Very well, Mr. Kinch, said the woman, making the name sound like an insult, and left through a door behind her. I recognised the name. The receptionist had mentioned him last time, the other director, the counterpart to the lovable Mr. Wilcox, of whom they had all been so fond. He ignored me entirely, standing and looking instead at the portrait of the company's founder that hung on the reception wall. It must have been like looking in a funhouse mirror, for where Mr. Bulliver was round and shiny, Mr. Kinch was thin and sallow, a tall man who had stooped too long in dimly lit offices and warehouses. Where Mr. Bulliver strained at his overexcited tartan suit, Mr. Kinch's dark jacket hung off his thin shoulders, baggy and shiny with age. Where Mr. Bulliver's white moustaches turned up at the end, Mr. Kinch's black hair hung in a flag across his high forehead. Where Mr. Bulliver carried a toy train, Mr. Kinch held a leverage file. Where Mr. Bulliver smiled, Mr. Kinch most emphatically did not. Mr. Kinch, I said, I was told you were the man to speak to. Were you? said Kinch, eyeing me suspiciously. Well, I have an important meeting this morning, so I have no time to be spoken to. There was obviously something about getting dressed in a cheap hotel room in yesterday's clothes after a sleepless night that makes one look like the sort of person that people don't have time to talk to. However, being in a shocked and disassociated state apparently makes you an excellent salesman. It won't take a minute, I said, stepping forward, and taking myself by surprise, forcing him to shake my hand by the simple expedient of grabbing and shaking his. 
I called in before to pitch a game at you. Well, I called to see Mr Wilcox, but was told that it wasn't his kind of thing, and that he was dead, of course. Of course, said Mr Kinch, distracted by trying to extricate himself from the handshake. Very sad, of course. Very sad, I said. But I think you might be just the person, being alive and everything. It's a Christmas game. Far too late for Christmas, said Mr Kinch, finally snatching his hand back. Oh, quite, I said, uncharacteristically laying a friendly hand on his arm instead and making him flinch. For next year, you see? Well, I'm afraid you've caught us at a bad time with Mr Wilcox and everything, said Mr Kinch. We're reviewing our whole line, our whole strategy, our whole business. But that's exactly it, I said, finding myself unexpectedly persevering. This is very different to anything Bulliver have done to date. This is why I thought that you, being an innovative and strategic man, would be interested. I had no idea what he meant by strategy, but he had produced it with an air of pride, and I thought I might as well try it too. I really don't have time, he said, if you make an appointment. You're completely wrong, I said. What? said Mr Kinch. That's the name of the game, I said. You're completely wrong. Only a working title, of course. I'd, I'd want to work that all out with you. What is Christmas but a time for friends, family and togetherness? Which means misunderstandings, arguments and fights. That's the idea. The Christmas argument made into a party game. Party game? said Mr Kinch, sounding surprised. Christmas arguments? Interesting idea. Isn't it? I said. A card game. Cheap to produce. Plenty of outlets. And it's a growing market. And it doesn't just have to be Christmas, of course. It's an ideal launch window, but there's plenty of opportunity for expansion. You could have themed sets. Valentine's Day for arguments with your loved ones. Workplace sets. Pub sets. Special packs on politics or sport. It could really grow. Mr Kinch stepped back from me and peered out from under his eyebrows, his eyes suddenly alive. Grow, he said, savouring the word. I dare say you and I are the only people to have used that word in this building in the last decade. Years, I told him. He jerked his head back at the founder's portrait on the wall behind him. Years. Bolivar's has to change. Times change. Business changes. We have to change. New products. New ways of working. New ideas. He wouldn't. Always tradition with him. Traditional toys. He forgot. Children aren't traditional. Children are new. Well, Bolivar's is new now. Old man's gone. Wilcox gone. The boy disappeared. The world changes. We change. New ideas. Like yours. Like mine. Like theirs. This last wasn't to me. The front door had just opened and a group of young men and women had sauntered in. They were all entirely indistinguishable, all expensive suits and expensive skin care, glossy hair and glossy accents. They looked entirely out of place in the shabby, friendly reception of Bulliver's toys. Good, said Mr Kinch, releasing my hand to grasp theirs indiscriminately. Well timed. This is... Uh, Williams, I said. Albert Williams. Williams, said Mr Kinch. He is precisely what we need. Whole new idea, whole new market. Bolivar would have turned him away. Wilcox would have turned him away. Not me. Just what we need. How interesting, 
said one of the young men, not in the least bit interested. Are we having the meeting here? No, 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 of course, said Mr. Kinch. Boardroom. Williams, he turned to me. Christmas party tomorrow, always a big event. Bigger this year, big announcement. You'll be there, yes? You're making the announcement tomorrow, are you? said a young woman. At the party? Pending the meeting, said Mr. Kinch. And at the end, let them have their fun. Very considerate, said a young man. Shall we? And he moved past the reception desk with a proprietorial air. Yes, of course, said Mr. Kinch, moving after him as if attached by strings. Six o'clock, he called out to me as he disappeared in the bustling throng of slick young people. Six o'clock here, tomorrow. And they were gone. The receptionist returned in their wake and shot me a dirty look, but I wasn't in the mood to deal with it or her. I knew what all that talk about new and change meant. I knew why the smooth young people were there. I knew what announcement Mr. Kinch was going to make at the Christmas party, and I suspected she knew too. This, I suspected, was going to be the last Christmas party for a lot of Bulliver's employees, and probably, if the suits had anything to do with it, the last Christmas party for Bulliver's toys. And, it occurred to me as I stepped out into the street, this was not a very seasonal thing for Mr. Kinch to be doing. Precisely the sort of unseasonal thing, in fact, that could put you right at the top of Krampus's list. You have been listening to Deadvent Calendar, written by Tobias Sturt from an original idea by Tobias Sturt and Rowan Davis. The story is read by John Millington, and I read The Murders. The music is The Sleigh by The Sportsman and by Mitch Miller and his orchestra and chorus, both from the Internet Archive. If you enjoyed this podcast, please spread the word, and even rate and review it if you can. You can find more on SoundCloud, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher, and on our website at ruritania.co.uk slash stories. And tune in next episode to open another fatal window in our dead vent calendar. We are going onward through the night.